Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're loving it, please subscribe and leave me a review. Today, I chat with GT from GT Marketing. I call him President GT because if he wasn't a marketing expert, he would be a writer for the president. He also runs a high-end floral company with his wife called CC Designs. They are a crazy power couple. I learned so much in this episode about marketing and social media. I hope you learn a lot too. Enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey everyone, it's Carissa. As you know, I'm here with my new friend, GT, Greg Todd. I'll tell you a little intro about him. Greg Todd is a marketing and consultant and social media educator for Wedding Pros. He helps them with digital strategies and operations. He's also the host of a 15-minute marketing, the 15-minute marketing with GT podcast, and you have to check it out. I'm obsessed. He's a dad of four kids, which is crazy, and also <laughs> has a wedding event design and floral business with his beautiful wife, and she's hilarious. And his approach is much different than other agencies. Um, so we're going to hear all about it. So welcome, GT. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I just wanted to first ask you the question, like, tell me a little bit about your podcast before we get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So um, it, it focuses mainly on marketing tips, um, easy to digest tips that you can get from every episode. And it started off, the name is 15 Minute Marketing because I had been doing a 15 minute marketing um, Facebook group. Oh. Where I went in once a week and just did a 15 minute tip and everybody really seemed to like that easy on and off pretty quickly. And so I thought that this would be a good idea for a podcast too, until I decided to branch out and start having interviews like this one I'm doing with you. Yeah. And, then I and then I realized it's very difficult to get anything in in 15 minutes when you've got two people. And so the interview episodes don't stick to 15 minutes, but the yeah. solo episodes that I do in between, I keep those to exactly 15 minutes um, just to make it make sense for the name. But the the interview itself, I've had a bunch of people on there and we, we just look at marketing from their perspective as a entrepreneur or as a marketer. I've had both. And so um, it's just really, it's, it's a good excuse for me to interview people that I'd like to learn more from. Yeah, I was just telling you, like, I was listening to your last episode with your wife, and she was cracking me up. Yeah. You guys are polar opposites, <laughs> just like me and my husband, so yeah, she's a we, firecracker, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we've, we've toyed with the idea of doing one long-term together, but trying to get both of our schedules to make sense, where we can both get in front of the microphone and be paying attention to what we need to be talking about is, seems to be more difficult than we expected, even though we share an office building. I mean, she's literally... 15 feet from me right now in a different office right down the hall. Uh, so, um, but just because we're in the same building doesn't mean we're on the same schedule as far yeah, as yeah, <laughs> what yeah. we have time to accomplish. 
Yeah, so she's a florist. Are you guys run like a design floral company? Or yeah, yeah. So she, so she does a uh, weddings and special event florist only. So we're not a brick and mortar um, facility. We don't do daily orders. So it's specifically luxury weddings and corporate events. And so um, she'll do anywhere from 20 to 30 events per year. Um, we used to do a lot more, but now she's kind of gotten into more of the luxury end. And those those events, um, we just did one recently with a floral budget above $85,000 for just the flowers. And so those events take way much more planning. And so you yeah. can't really be having a wedding every weekend leading up to it and execute yeah. those well. So we've really trimmed down how many weddings we take per month, um, if, especially if we've got one of those big ones included somewhere in that 30 days. Yeah, I loved how she kept talking about like failing forward and mm -hmm. everything that you've gone through um, as a husband and wife team and raising four yeah. kids and I saw your family. They're beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah. 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 So how did you get into the marketing and consulting business? Yeah. So that, that kind of grew out of her business. Now I've got a minor in marketing. So I always knew that I liked marketing. I've got a business management degree from Samford University here in Birmingham. And at the time that I went in the nineties, they didn't have marketing as a major. They just had management and accounting. And then you could take some business minors. And so I took marketing as my minor and always knew I liked figuring out this kind of the sales end. I've always, I was a sales manager for Lowe's Home Improvement for a large retail mattress chain. I worked in sales for State Farm. Um, so I've kind of always worked for large Fortune 500 companies originally mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. doing, doing marketing and sales. And then when I was running the mattress company here in um, Alabama is when CC Designs kind of started taking off. And I came home from work one day and CC. Oh, it's CC Designs? Mm hmm CC Designs. I know CC Designs. You guys are huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's my wife. My wife is CC. So Yeah, I didn't know that because I was trying to look through your website and I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hers is CC Designs. So it um so she she started kind of growing and I came home from work at the mattress company one day and she was just having a nervous breakdown and said, I can't meet with the brides, order the flowers, design the wedding, yeah, take care of our daughter, who at the time was like two, um, mm -hmm. you know, take her to daycare, pick her up, um, fix dinner, all, you know, yeah, just a long a laundry <laughs> list of things. And she said, and then after all that's over, you want me to post on Facebook, post on Instagram. Um, everybody th tells me I should be on Pinterest. And at yeah. the time, people were still doing Twitter. And so she was just like, breaking down. And I said, I can handle all of that stuff for you. Why don't you let me take that off your plate? Aww. And so I just kind of started doing it at night when I would get home from work and figuring it out. And I'm an Enneagram five. So I love research and kind of the, an the analytics end of things. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kind of figured out um, how to do it and started taking YouTube classes and Hootsuite classes and then eventually I rolled around and took the business by design course by James Wedmore. Yeah, um, me too. And, and really invested in figuring out. Yeah, I took it too. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was awesome to figure that out. And so started doing that and she grew. And then people started asking her, how in the world do you have time to be everywhere and run your business? And she said, I don't do any of that. My husband does. Aww. And they started asking, well, how does he do that? I wish my husband would do that for me. And she jokingly responded a couple of times, why don't you have mine do it for you? And so oh, I started getting these phone calls saying, hey, how much would you charge me to do what you do for Cece? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't charge her. Like I had no concept as 
what I should charge yeah. or what it would be worth. But it kind of became this side hustle that I was doing on my days off or at night and sitting in a recliner every night, you know, figuring out marketing. And uh-huh, the next thing uh-huh. you know, I had enough side hustle clients that I was making as much doing that as I was making a really good salary for uh, a mattress company. And so um, as she grew, she needed my help also on the logistics end for the business. So driving the truck, loading the truck, building all these custom builds that we do for weddings. And so I needed Saturdays off. Well, Saturday is the busiest sales day for mattresses. And so it just wasn't a good fit anymore. Mm -hmm. Them them Mm -hmm. wanting me to be in the store. She needing me at a wedding location. She was about to hire somebody full time to help her. And so we just decided I would quit the corporate world. We would keep that money that she was going to pay somebody else and pay me. Oh, yeah. And, and then it kind of grew from there. Oh, yeah. Now you're working for your boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to start my own company so I could still, you know, get back oh. to not being, <laughs> not, not being bossed around by her all day, every day. Totally. <laughs> so, what is like the structure of your business? Do you? Do you have like um, marketing and social media packages for wedding professionals or and creatives? Yeah, wedding creatives. I've got uh, three packages and then I'll custom build as well. So um, monthly retainer clients where I do just one platform, which typically is Instagram, all the way up to my top package, which will do um, up to four platforms and two blogs a month for them. Mm. So um, that kind of, that's, that's my most popular package, even though it's the most expensive because it really lets them get back to just focusing on their business. They really have to be very hands off on the marketing. Once they drop everything into a Dropbox folder or a Google drive folder for me, I know how to talk weddings. I know how to talk most (laughs) most businesses with, you know, like I said, insurance, mattresses, um, home improvement store. I've kind of done a lot of different things. So regardless of who the client is, I can usually figure out pretty quickly what type of messaging they need to have to get it out to the world. And the thing that makes me a little different in that is I do all of that myself. And so whereas most agencies, you you kind of have the, the face of the agency and then they pass it off to an intern mm. or somebody else to kind of manage that. I don't. Um, I have a VA that helps schedule some things, but I've written all the copy and done all the graphics and then they just schedule it and then occasionally i'll have a a freelance graphic designer when you're getting into more something more um, elaborate than canva can do i I outsource outsource that to someone else but for the most part i'm the one doing the work and so i keep how many retainer clients i have per month pretty low so that i can give them that attention myself oh awesome so how do you i know you're a big seo guy, but that's not our hot topic today. We're going to talk about <laughs> social media, but do you, do you think blogging is not dead? Blogging is not dead. It's, it's dead from the standpoint of a lot of people reading it. It's not dead uh-huh. from the standpoint <laughs> of using it for social media. Uh. So uh, I think that's the, the problem that people have when they hear that you should still blog. They look at it as, well, nobody ever reads my blog. It's not for you. It's for Google. It's to get all of that information you need, all of those keywords and the backlinks to other places you've been featured yeah. uh-huh. back onto your site so that you get that credibility on your site so that you rank higher on the Google ranking. So it's all about Um, SEO. I write all blogs based, I write them all like I'm talking to Google, not like I'm talking to me and you. (laughs) It's it's really just a a trick in your arsenal. And then the other thing you can use it for is kind of a pillar content. You know, you write your blog 
and then all of your social media can filter out of that. You use a different picture on Instagram, but you push it back to your blog. You use a different picture on Facebook or a video. Um, if you've got video content, you can share it over to YouTube. YouTube is owned by Google, and so they love that platform from an SEO standpoint because you're using something that they own. And so oh. it kind of works hand in hand with making sure you're being found by the by the biggest search engines. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Because I used to be like all about my blog, but then once Reels got popular, then I had no yeah. time and two, two babies. But yeah. I, I really love blogging, but I wasn't as good with the SEO, but maybe I could. I just downloaded your freebie, which I'll tell the listeners yes. <laughs> later, but I'm going to read it tonight and try to figure it out. It, yeah, it, it that that five steps that you can implement today freebie is really good from the standpoint of if you just do those five things and try to blog twice a month. And I, I do all of my clients' blogs in one day. Like I just sit down and knock out blogs. That's, oh, crazy. You know, uh -huh. just block schedule, get my mind on yeah, blogging uh -huh. and sit down and you go through those five steps. Make sure you've named the images. Make sure you're doing all the little headline things so that you get found. And yeah. the, the, the thing that I've seen is that as you get consistent, all of my clients quickly move up the Google rankings by doing by making no other changes, just okay. simply following those five steps. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm so excited. Okay. So I usually would ask this question like at the end because it's okay. more fun, but I'm so <laughs> curious. Can you tell me about like your presidential obsession? I have a pretty large um, presidential memorabilia collection. I've just always been fascinated with American history. Originally, when I was young, my dad was big into like World War II history and Civil War history. So it started there as a kid. But as I've gotten older, um, if I ha if I had a dream job, it would be like chief of staff, head speechwriter for the president. Yeah, I um, saw that. Which That's is so cool. which is why I think I do so well with Cece. You know, she loves being on stage. She's an Enneagram Seven out there. Wants the new, the biggest spotlight, the biggest stage she can find. I would much rather be the one making sure that all of her slides are correct, that they're in oh, the right uh -huh. order, um, that she has all the information she needs. Oh, and so wow. the kind of the behind the scenes guy. And so that's where all this comes from. And I just love reading about, cause I don't think there can be any, any more pressure packed thing than being the president of the United States. And so yes. I just love reading about how each one of them either did well or did poorly and why. And so, mm. um, and then I've got Pez dispensers here that you see that, um, I've just become really easy to buy for. So a lot uh -huh. of this, oh. people, people just <laughs> totally. know if, yeah. if you need to get Greg a gift. I was like, I'm going to send you something. <laughs> yeah, pre pre presidential related is, is pretty simple. And so, um, that's the majority. I had always just kind of wanted a home office. And so I spent all this time in the home that Cece and I own making this really nice. I've got a like big, nice presidential desk that looks a lot like the desk in the Oval Office um, and had decorated it on all four walls. And then we got this office that we actually go to that's out of our house. And uh -huh. so I basically just have this that's behind me for video purposes. Uh -huh. And I have probably three times this at the home office that never uh -huh. gets used anymore. It's nothing more than a place for my daughter to go down and do her gymnastics practice. So, oh, crazy. Yeah, I yeah. listened to a podcast episode with like uh, Barack Obama's speechwriter a long time ago, but it was interesting because I, I didn't even know they had a speechwriter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they have a whole team. The president has a team of speechwriters. And then there's usually one that kind of understands the president's voice the best. And so they typically pick one that they think is their favorite and everything kind of runs through them. But there'll be a team of people that write 
depending on what the topic is that have specialties in, um, in that. And unfortunately you almost have to be a lawyer, um, to want to go and do that. Cause mm. I went, I went through a divorce at one point and I thought, I'm just going to go do what I've always wanted to do. And then you start looking into it and you're like, Oh, so I need to go past the, entrance exam to law school, become a lawyer, get out and be successful enough that somebody on a campaign would want to hire me. And then oh, I need to get them elected before I could actually oh. you know, <laughs> do the job. I didn't really want to be a hoops, yeah. for like, you know, local, local politics. I wanted to go just jump straight <laughs> to the big time. And that's just not reality. So here I, here I am doing marketing for wedding pros instead. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm going to call you president GT for this podcast. But president <laughs> GT, like, what is your biggest business accomplishment? Um, biggest accomplishment is probably getting Cece um, to all of the things she wants to do. Aww. She's a key, she's a key, she's a keynote speaker now at Wedding MBA. Um, oh no way! She um, just recently spoke at the David Tutera Experience. Oh, um, wow. was, was the floral head floral educator there. And so really, just getting to do that that I've always wanted to do is kind of that chief of staff speechwriter role. Um, and now I'm branching out and doing that for others as well. David Tutera is now a client. Um, I have about five wedding planners that are clients, a couple of photographers. So really just getting to do that dream job that I've always wanted to do for others. Oh, crazy. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and people, the, the thing that I think is my biggest success is that my best clients, nobody ever knows that they've hired someone to do it for them. Oh, interesting. I make the voice sound like whoever that client is Uh so that unless they tell them most people, and that's been a hard thing for me because it's hard to get new clients when nobody knows who your current clients are. Yeah. And so um, thankfully my clients have liked enough that I'm starting to get a lot of word of mouth referrals, but um, I don't tout who my clients are typically on my social media because I want people to assume they're doing it themselves. Oh my God, that's so cool. So I'm like buzzing with energy. Um, Can you coach me for speaking engagements? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, my parents have always been in Toastmasters, like presidents, and I've always Mm -hmm. been like that kid that came along. And um, I have a common bond with like the David Tutera thing because I was on one of the the weddings and I was on TV. So he's Ah, amazing, but that's crazy that you are um, doing speeches for him. Yeah. Oh my God, this conversation could go like many different <laughs> ways, but we have to get into yeah our hot topic. Um, okay. So take me away, like what what the hot topic is and why you chose it. Yeah. So the hot topic is just how to um, be consistent with your social media, um, and mm. uh, and I think the consistency. Um, the reason I wanted to go this route is I don't hear many people talking. You hear a lot of people talking about consistency, but not in the vein that I like to bring it up, and that is consistency is not the same for everyone. And I think there's this kind of um, comparison mentality out there on social media now that you've got, everybody's got to be doing it the same way. And mm. that's just not accurate. Like what, how many times a week you can post um, and take care of your daughters and be involved in all the other things you want to do may look very different than what um, I do for some of my clients or what, um, you know, somebody that has, three or four people working under them and has a bunch of interns and how many times they can post. Consistency is finding the groove that you can do and sticking to it so that your audience consistently finds you when you're doing it. So whether that's twice a week or whether that's two times a day, 
that doesn't really matter. The consistency, mm-hmm. the, the way everybody, you hear all these negative terms about the algorithm and the algorithms against me. And I don't know how the algorithm is working nowadays. The algorithm simply is a mathematical formula to put as many of your followers in front of your content when they interact with it. So the mm. more consistent you can be with people who actually like what you're putting out, the more you're going to get shown to other people like that. And so mm-hmm. if that's once a week or 50 times a week, as long as you can do that and replicate it week over week, that's the more important thing. Yeah. And it also builds trust when you kind of know that person's going to show up once a week or twice yeah. a week or every day, because yeah. if it's inconsistent, it gets a little confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. And, and Instagram has made it even easier not to have to be as frequent, you know, so people can, people confuse consistency with frequency and that's, they're two different, two different things. And so for the longest time we posted daily, um, for CC, for myself, for most of my clients, what you're seeing now, and I even watched an interview with the CEO of Instagram recently talking about the algorithm is still showing your content 36 to 48 hours after you post it. So it, it gets interrupted if you're posting more frequently than that. And so if you want that post to get in front of the most people, then you want to let, let your postings go to where it's every other day or early one day and late the following day before you post again, so that you're not cutting off um, opportunities for people to see the content that you posted the day before. And so um, it's really, it's really made it easier for us as content creators to not need as much content. Um, now on the flip side, if you want to be effective on stories, that's multiple stories, three to five of them per day. And so, so that's, so on the feed, on the Instagram feed, I've gone to all of my clients every other day and, and stories, three to five of them per day. So that's where you put your focus, but even those you can batch, you know, what people think they're like, I don't have time to do three to five Mm -hmm. today, sit down for a couple of hours on a Monday and make that be your task where you plot out what your stories for the week are going to be. And you go ahead and knock them out and then you just have them pre-scheduled or you have a reminder on your phone telling you when it's time to post them, but you've already created the content. And so, yeah, I mean, something I, I realized like for my mental health is to do later grams, like not yes. post in real time, just try to be yes. present with the kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things out there with later and planally and hoot suite. And then even the creator studio inside of Facebook. Now you can do all of your pre-scheduling using a desktop. You don't even have to use um, your phone if you don't want to. So for the people that grew up kind of more, on the laptop or desktop and kind of used to that, they've made that so easy to do now. Um, so there's too many options out there to pre-schedule for you trying yeah. for anybody to be trying to still do it on a whim every day on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, a little funny story on Saturday. It's kind of embarrassing, but I had posted for National Daughters Day. Mm-hmm. And I posted like a bunch of photos because I've been waiting to post this cute shoot of me and my my daughters. And then my social media manager, she also posted a bunch of photos. And my <laughs> sister was just like, what the hell? Like you're, you're like posted like 20 of your face. She like, she's like, why are you posting so much? And I looked at it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> There's like eight stories on my face. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those where the. Uh... The creative and the the social media manager did not communicate back and forth yeah, exactly. with each other. Yeah, we, we have that happen. Cece and I have that happen a lot where she's gotten big into reels. Um, it mm-hmm. even happened, I think, yesterday or the day before. I had just posted a static feed post, and 20 minutes later, she posted a reel to the grid. And I called her, and I'm like, 
hello. Like, you, you have to look and see if I've posted something before you just go willy-nilly deciding that you oh, wanted to do a funny. reel today. And so <laughs> I just went in and archived what I had posted, and I'll bring it, uh-huh. I'll bring it back out another day this week. But oh, it's just hilarious. funny that, that it, it, you know, I could not post for a week, and she would not do a reel. But the minute I post something, it, it's going to be time for her to, you know, get get a wild, crazy hair that, hey, this is a topic that would make a good, would make a good reel and I have time to do it right now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, my God. I'm all about reels and I know Brandy Gar is, too. Oh, um, absolutely. OK, number one was be consistent on social media. And then what is your tip number two? Shout out to our sponsors. Photoboost Supply Co. helps entrepreneurs start and scale their businesses by creating meaningful experiences with a photo booth. Living in a digital age, anywhere people gather is an opportunity for an experience, and what better way to capture those memories than with a photo booth? There has never been an easier way for photographers to scale their businesses, increase their marketing efforts, and maintain cash flow during off-season than with a photo booth like the Sasso booth. Increase revenue $600 to $800 per event by adding a photo booth to your services so you can make more and work less. If you don't provide a photo booth, someone else will. So stop leaving money on the table and get yourself a Sasa booth today. Tip number two is make sure that you understand the ideal client that you're um, looking to attract so that you're posting the right type of content. So that's that's different for everybody. Um, And so you have to identify, you know, like as I kind of mentioned earlier with Cece, who her client is for the wedding business has dramatically changed from when we opened. Um, when we opened, it was, um, lower budget brides that, um, that probably didn't have a planner, um, did, didn't know what flowers they wanted to use. And we were taking kind of the Walmart approach. We'll take mm-hmm. 10, 10, weddings a month if we have to, to make the income we want to make. Whereas now we've moved more into, no, this is more my style. This is, I know she knows now where they shop, what they wear, what they do. And so, really identifying who you want your client to be. And I think that that when you're doing something like this in a podcast scenario, what can you take away from you know this that you're listening to? And I think all the listeners can figure out like if you don't know who you want your client to be, then it's going to be very hard for your client to find you. Like and your client isn't everybody, regardless of what you're selling. Yeah. If you're trying to sell to everybody, you're selling to nobody because yeah. everybody wants to feel like you're selling to them. Or yeah. good selling is they don't realize you're selling to them. They It just feels like, oh, I need that or I mm-hmm. want to work with them. And so that ultimately is the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years, but this floral, this, no, this wedding planner told me, she's like, can I give you some like advice or just comment? And I was like, sure. She's like, it seems like you just take like any client, like any type of client, um, like, poor, rich, <laughs> low budget, high budget, right. um, any style. And I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's not a bad thing. She's like, it's just what I I see as um, an audience. So I was like, okay, I got to work on my client avatar. <laughs> yeah. It, and, and it's, it's, I don't think that it, it gets down to like, not everybody has to know like, where do they, like some people take it to a big extreme, you know, like, she's blonde and she carries this designer purse and she wears these shoes and shops at this place. That's all great if you can get that specific, but I'm more talking about just like who the best thing to do is take your current clients, list them all out. Okay. Mark out beside them. 
would definitely want to work with more people like them, mm-hmm. might want to work with somebody like them if I could change this, this, and this, or no, I don't want a client like this ever again. Okay. And when, you, or- when yeah. you organize those, then that first column is where you really want to go to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll still take the second column because you've got to pay bills. So there's sometimes that somebody's not going to align perfectly, but you need their money because we got to keep the lights on. Mm, You still want to record the podcast, you know, every week, Uh that that type of thing. Uh But you really try to start with eliminating the third column. The people you don't want to work with again, don't take a client that you can tell is going to be like one of the ones that was listed in that column. No matter how bad you need the money, because what will happen is as you eliminate those, more and more opportunities will come in the first two columns. Yeah, I mean, the coolest thing that has happened to me ever since I became a coach like a year and a half ago is I could be more discerning about my weddings and mm-hmm. more selective. But yeah, before it was it was like how I fed fed myself like these weddings. <laughs> so it would either be like 3,500 or zero, you know, so right, right. sometimes you just take it. So yeah, and now I'd be like, no, I'm good. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think the biggest thing is even when you take those that don't brand align you just mm-hmm. don't talk a lot about those in your mm-hmm. in your social yeah. media um you know cc jokes all the time that we still do um weddings where we need to use carnations or some other flowers that she doesn't necessarily love uh, but you're never you're never going to see those on our page so um the another tip that wasn't one of my three but a tip you can do is almost any event um that you're doing if you're a wedding pro especially there's something in that day that, mm-hmm. is, that would brand a line. And so okay. find that one thing and kind of know ahead of time, you know, if that maybe the bouquet is perfect or maybe the uh, it's going to be a touching first look or whatever that is, there's something that would yes. still look good yeah. on your page. And that be the only thing you show from yes. that. Way. You still no, t- I, totally, get- I totally agree. Like when I first started and I had the shitty venues, I would go like to Griffith observatory or like, a cool venue or like downtown LA and just take photos and post yeah. only those photos. Cause I'm not going to post like the <laughs> that's exactly right. Just yeah. Yeah. And if, if you look, you can, you can go back and, and, and look through any of my wedding clients pages. And if you only see like a bouquet or you only see a flat lay from that wedding, that's because the only thing that was pretty was the flat lay that the planner and the photographer got together and kind of pre-planned out. There wasn't anything um, that fit the brand per se for that client to post. And so um, you can still post all, you could post that venue and give a little, you know, credit to them and your client, like on your stories that day, kind of behind the scenes stuff, because they're going to disappear in 24 hours and you're not going to add them to highlights. But Uh anything that goes to your feed, I look at your Instagram feed and your Facebook feed as an extension of your website. So Mm -hmm. think of it, if I wouldn't put it on my website, it doesn't go on my feed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to be more discerning. (laughs) Okay. So you have already three tips. Um, Consistency. You don't have to be, do everything the same way as everyone else. Number two, make sure you know your ideal client, your client avatar. And number three, um, any event, there's always something special that you could post, even if it's not the whole wedding, there's Mm -hmm. always something. And then you have one last tip. Uh, you want to remind me where I was going with that one? Because I've totally forgotten. I've gotten I've gotten so into so into these. Where where was I going with my last one? I think the last one you're going. We were talking about um, the client avatar, but then you said something like, "This may be a tip," and you said, 
um, at any event. There. Oh, I know. Because I said I post all different weddings. So someone told me, like, I just do, like, uh, photography for any bride yeah. instead of, like, ideal client. So you're like, there's always something that you yeah. can choose. Yeah, find, find, find that one thing and find what makes your posting pattern consistent, too. So oh, uh-huh. find a rhythm in your posting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so for okay. us, for us, like you, you hear about the top nine at the end of every year, right? Like mm-hmm. what was your top nine photos, where that mm-hmm. came from. Most people don't realize where that exists from, but top nine just came because at the time that came out, nine pictures would fit on an iPhone. The, the, the oh. size of an iPhone at the time, you could fit three okay. rows of three on Instagram. And so okay. it became this, that's your top nine. So I try to look at my, scrolling nine for all of my clients and does it have the brand elements in those nine pictures that I want so for all of my wedding clients that's going to be some kind of intimate shot whether that be just the bride and the groom looking at each other um, a bouquet shot a ceremony shot an overall room shot in the reception and then a face picture of who the face of the brand is so for you that would be your face if there's brands out there listening to this that say, well, I don't really want to be the face of my brand, then that would be a picture of your logo or something that is brand representative. Colors, uh, a graphic where you're talking about a quote or a review from one of your clients, and you use your branding colors. So every nine pictures should have those elements involved. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I love these tips. Okay, we're going to go into rapid fire questions. And I'm so okay. excited for these. These are actually like not for my listeners, but for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. So let's yeah, do it. I, yeah, I'm very curious. Okay, so for me as a coach, I have a coaching program. Um, where do you think I should find my future potential clients? So I'm on Instagram, you know, I have this podcast. Um, I, I'm creating a master masterclass, which is not out. But do you think... Um, I know you do like so many speaking events and yeah, be emailing like wedding pros or what do you think I should be focusing on? Yeah. So I think your, your initial lead generator is going to be this podcast because that's going to give you the brightest, the broadest spectrum, you know, initially. So Uh here, uh, this would be your hub and then anything to do with wedding pros or creative entrepreneurs, Instagram is kind of your main hub right now. And so okay. I would focus most of my energy on being good at reels and stories on okay. Instagram because as a coach, your feed is important because that's going to prove your credibility. So use the feed post to build your credibility with okay. reviews, tips, tricks, um, and true like what you would be coaching on in the captions. But okay. then use stories and reels to let people see your personality, mm-hmm. how they're going to interact with you. Because people don't book people based on their knowledge. They book people based on the fact that they think they would get along with them or they see, I want to be more like her or I want want the results that she's provided for other clients. And so that can come across so much better. And as a former TV advertising guy, I did that in a former life. Like it, this is so much better. Like when you hear so much negative about social media, but there's no middleman. You can pick up your phone record a video and post uh-huh. it and there's you're not having to pay somebody for airtime and well i want to be in the seven o'clock show and you put me in the 5 p.m show well you didn't pay enough to be in the 7 p.m show so the ratings are higher in that show that kind of thing whereas with this you have control over who hears your message what the message is how quickly you can get it out yeah, so okay. take advantage of that 
Oh, thank you. Because I was getting confused because that's what I've been doing, like the podcast, Instagram. Um, but I'm kind of branching out a little bit like you, like doing SEO and Pinterest and blogging for people. So I was getting a little confused, like for yeah. my whole, like, do I, should I like start emailing like wedding pros and, um, you know, know, email marketing still works from the standpoint. Uh-huh. It's good to have that list because you never know. I mean, Instagram might not be the darling that it is tomorrow that it is today. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you don't want to build your entire strategy around a social media platform because you don't own it. But right now, I'm telling all my clients, ride the Instagram wave for as long as okay. it exists and, okay, then, okay. and then be ready to move to whatever that next thing is after. Okay. Got it. Thank you, president. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm a hopeless romantic. I'm a lover of love. That's why I've been in the game for so long and obsessed. But um, tell me your love story with Cece. How'd you meet? Yeah. yeah. So we actually met at a um, bar that I was working in at the time. Oh, so this crazy. is, this is, this is pre CC designs, pre um, GT marketing and consulting. So um, we had both gone through fairly ugly divorces and were against love at the time. And so oh. neither, neither one of us were looking for anything. Didn't think we would ever get remarried. Uh, I was working as uh, the kitchen manager slash part-time bartender. And she was coming in twice a week to sing karaoke. She's got an amazing singing voice. Oh, crazy. Um, recorded an album back in the early 2000s. Oh, and, uh-huh. um, and so can just sing like crazy. So she was coming in just to have something to do a couple of nights a week. Um, she requested a song when I was playing the music one night. And um, I bought her a drink. And the rest is history. Um, oh, I, so I went, how, many, how many years now? So we're about to celebrate our nine-year anniversary. So, oh, well, you have to do a um a big ten-year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're we're hoping to do some kind of uh, cruise or some kind of destination getaway yeah. for, for the ten-year because we didn't really um, do much of a big. Um, she wasn't working at the time when we got married, so we didn't have a ton of money. Um, and so our honeymoon was just going to the the beach where my in-laws have a beach house uh, here Ooh. in Alabama. So. Um, it was fun. It was great. And we had a great time, but it was, you know, just a four hour drive right down the coast where we live. So we're looking to definitely do something a little bit more elaborate for the, for the 10 year celebration. Ah, uh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Next question. You're, you have a ton, but your favorite sales technique, how do you get that heck yes from your dream client? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing there is making sure that the people that you're interacting with are an ideal client. So the, the, the getting the heck yes is eliminating the people that would give you the heck no. And so, <laughs> so that is making sure that you're only attracting the people that will give you a yes by mm. being your true self on all of your social platforms and making sure that they, they're the ones that are attracted to what you're doing. Oh, interesting. Okay. I love that. Um, let's see, how did you go from like normal weddings to these crazy high budget, like celebrity weddings? Yeah. So a lot of that was just making sure that the content that we put out was bringing in the type of client that we want. So like we alluded to earlier, not showing the things that just pay the bills. The other thing that we had to do early on was, um, invest. Um, you know, a lot of people look at like, um, advertising and photo shoots as an expense. We both oh. looked at it as an, as an investment. And so okay. we, we invested in um, a regional magazine here is called Alabama weddings magazine. And that's where all of your best wedding vendors were. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. though print as a whole is not 
a, a huge medium anymore for a regionalized magazine. It's still very huge here for the when a bride gets engaged, she's going to go and find that that publication. And so we invested in that because it gave you a editorial photo shoot to mm. be in that magazine. Oh, that's cool. And we we paid way more than we than most people do to do a shoot to prove that CC could do the type of work she wanted to do. Mm. So we used that as an opportunity to go in the hole, quote unquote, on your your ledger, you know, that was a big investment for us. But the very first over the top um, head table that we did in that magazine, we booked eight of them the following wedding season. Oh. So when, when you booked eight of those, it by far paid for the investment you made in that initial photo shoot. So yeah, go big you, or go home. <laughs> yeah, either, either, either get the type of weddings that you want, or if that's not an option, then you've got to go out and create ways to prove you can do that type of work that you want to do. Oh. Oh my God. So good. And it's good that it was both you, the husband and wife, like in it together. Mm-hmm. So you guys could support each other with that big investment. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was hard. Cause at the time, I mean, we're just now to the point to where GT marketing is bringing in an equivalent amount of money to CC designs at that time. CC designs was basically fully paying for all of our household bills because I had quit corporate America and come home to help her grow that business but we kind of did that out of faith. Like there, the money wasn't there to justify that decision at the time. There was a lot of people looking at us crazy saying, what are you doing leaving this great corporate job with insurance and a company car and a company cell phone to go and run this wedding business? But here we are 10 years later and, and loving life. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. So you're a podcaster. Can you ask me a question? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you my favorite one. So I, I, I do some, some favorite questions at the end of my podcast, kind of like everyone, like you're doing here with the rapid questions. And my favorite one is if you were stuck on a deserted island and somehow a record player survived the crash that you were in and only one album could survive, what album could you be okay with having to listen to on loop forever? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like a not uh, the hugest music person. <laughs> I'm very like Spotify all day. Okay, but it would probably be like Alicia Keys. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd give you a wide range of emotions, good and good and bad. So that's that would be a good one to have. That's that's. I always look at it when I'm thinking about this for myself because I've had a lot of people answer great great answers over over the years, and it. I always reevaluate mine and mine is the Eagles. That's my favorite band of all time. But, you know, fast songs, slow songs, happy, sad. It's going to give you that full range of emotion. And if you're going to be be stuck there forever, you want to be able to go through all of those. Yeah, I have been listening to Olivia Rodrigo Mm -hmm. all the time. And then the Cinderella uh, Camilla Cabello soundtrack over yeah. and over again. So that really gives me a wide range of emotions. My, my daughter loves Olivia Rodrigo. Like, yeah, it's, it's on in my car constantly taking her to and from school. So <laughs> I know my, my four year old is like, I'm so fucking blah, blah. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't worry about that kind of stuff. I, I kind of fall into the if you follow Gary Vee at all, you know, the, yeah. the wor- words are just words. They don't make yeah. who you are. And so we've never 
we've never worried too much about that. So Isabella no, came, totally. came home I from didn't say anything. she came yeah. home from uh, preschool singing Uptown Funk You Up, and she yeah. didn't, she didn't she didn't she didn't pronounce her ends at the time. So, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun with that. Those videos pop up every year on your memories, and we give her a hard Aww. time that, that she doesn't sound that cute anymore. <laughs> Aww, I know, like little Simba princess. <laughs> Cool. So tell everyone about the freebie one more time and then where everyone could find you and how they could work with you. Yeah. So GT marketing and consulting.com or all social media. I'm just at GT marketing and consulting all spelled out. And the freebie that she's referring to is the five SEO tips that you can implement today as a business owner. Um, and you can just find that right there on my homepage at GT marketing consulting.com. Also, as she mentioned earlier, come and enjoy uh, the 15 minute marketing uh, with GT, the podcast available on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ooh, I love it. I love this conversation. So stick around, but I'm going to end recording. Bye, GT. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.